Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Kieran Fletcher, and this week we're going to be getting stuck into 2010's Shutter Island. Marshall, welcome to Shutter Island. Your boys seem a little on edge. Right now we all are. We take only the most dangerous, damaged patients. This prisoner. When did she escape? It's as if she evaporated straight through the walls. No one wants to talk about this place, but it's like they're scared of something. You're a random maze. You'll never leave this island. This place is going to be the end of you. Shutter Island, rated R. In theaters February 19th. Kieran, how are we doing today? I'm alright. It's been a weird one for me. This is... I've done three night shifts, and you know we record these in the evening, so this is my morning. This to me is about 8 o'clock. I went to bed at 11 a.m., and I got up at... 5pm and we're recording this at half six so this is this is like i've literally just had a coffee good to know i'm I'm not keeping you up with that yawn no i'm just i'm all right i've got energy it's just it's just a very it's a weird format i've been on nights and on days and i've been all over the place well i've also been watching re-watching this film in segments at work and i have to say it's a very very strange one to to watch at work when you're giving people medications and things it's very weird but we'll get into it yeah i've watched large parts of this a couple of times through the week as well as one full watch through which i do think you need to do for this and yeah i mean if this is your morning what a way to start your day than with uh... (laughs) a bit of existential dread teddy daniels and chuck all two u.s marshals are sent to an asylum on a remote island in order to investigate the disappearance of a patient where Teddy uncovers a shocking truth about the place. I always ask you about the synopsis, and yeah, I guess this is a tough one to construct. Do you know what I've learned, though, from your questioning of synopses? Um, you, it's not you, that maybe it's the way that you deliver it, but they never sound like anything that I'd want to watch. But then when me and you go to the cinema to watch films, which we do quite often, what well, we used to when I lived in Gloucester... We we would never really read the synopsis, would we? We'd just go and watch a film because we we knew it was a new film that was out. Well, I think there's been an evolution of movie trailers in that through sheer desperation of wanting to get you through the doors, they will mm. now show you just about every good bit that they can possibly show you without yeah. ruining the entire plot. But then I, I don't particularly like watching trailers. Like I, I know I, I'm no, at... So- I'm at a stage now where I'll watch a film or a TV show just because I like either the writer, the director, or um, the cast that are in it, and I just kind of give it a chance because I think sometimes when you watch trailers, you're it, 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 yeah, it's like you said, they do too much. They just do too much. Well, my point was going to be that in 2012, I don't think it was quite as bad as that. I think 2012, no. and you get this more now, we get the kind of the same loop of songs. It's the same kind of biggie yeah. songs. Yeah. Kanye or Jay-Z and, and so on. Yeah. They would take a 30-second snippet of a song that perhaps hasn't performed well commercially previously and they kind of give it a second run. Or you take no, the biggest song from that summer 
they you slap it. it on, and and that's how you do it. So well, it's like, usually they'll they'll take a popular song and then they'll do like an edgy cover like twist to it and whatever. Or... Well, do you remember the hype for Suicide Squad because they chopped yeah. in um, Queen with the trailer, hadn't they? And then it turns out dreadful yeah. film. Why they thought it was a good idea to have their lead villain be Cara Delevingne was yeah, that was beyond anyone's reckoning. She's done, you know, she had like a mental breakdown, didn't she? Yeah, she was in yeah. rehab anyway, but she looks really good now. She's like back and she's fair play to her. I'm very uneasy about the way we shouldn't know if someone's having a mental breakdown, I think. I agree. I agree. And but then it's the, the nature of we do, yeah. Twitter and paparazzi. And it's like you shouldn't, you really, paparazzi shouldn't be fo- photographing people out there worse, should they? No. I'll never forget, I saw this, I saw this photo on. Um, Twitter, I think you might have seen it as well. There's a doctor um, just on his, just sat on the floor outside the hospital, just weeping. And then um, someone took a photo and was like, blah, 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 this is what the NHS is like now, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it, it should just not, it shouldn't have been taken, should it? Do you know what I mean? Some, some things just leave it alone. Always go back to the South Park Britney Spears episode where <laughs> they kill her off at the end and they say, and right, Miley, next year, Miley Cyrus. Miley, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, the critics' beautiful. reviews for Shutter Island. What do you think they thought of it? Um, when did it come out? 20... 2010. Uh, yeah, I reckon they liked it. Scorsese, and Leo. Yeah, it was. It was due to come out actually the the year before, and in October and they pushed it back they had the lovely bones coming out through the same yeah. uh, studio and there was something else and I can't remember exactly what it was and basically they said they didn't have the marketing budget to give this <clears throat> the same push as they did the other two mm. and which is mental looking back at the success of those two films in comparison to this and also it it worried a lot of people because of those three films if the Scorsese psychological horror is the one getting pushed back you kind of assume this is the one they're trying to bury. This comes out in February. Mm. And I've, I haven't been conscious of it. I know release dates in America are a far bigger thing. Yeah. Where you get certain films come out certain times of the year. You get the summer blockbuster. You get uh, the December blockbusters where they release a lot on Christmas Day over there. This getting buried in February was considered to be kind of like a kiss of death without anyone having seen the film. The film comes out and it smashes it obviously so i mean february you'd think would be like romantic comedies and stuff valentine's day so well it's, it's kind of where they put the fodder in yeah. there where it's not typically a time when people are pouring out to the cinema what they did no. say was the mood around this film kind of the mood of the film they thought it fit quite well into how everyone's kind of feeling at that time of year and January so that was blues. another reason they put it there and I think this was maybe the first year or was the second year where they increased the Oscars to 10 for oh, okay. the nomination spots. And so it wasn't quite the same where you had to release it right before the nominations at the end of the year to not yeah. risk being forgotten. Yeah. So they felt more comfortable being able to release this later in the year, well, at the start of the year, later in the season, and still imagine that it was going to get the push come time for the Oscars in gets the nominations i'm not sure it gets any awards but i can check that before the end i have to say on my rewatch i'm surprised that it's scorsese in my head this was always a nolan film what i was going to get to this at the end but i'll get to it now scorsese goes back to back with the departed and shutter island which is Mm -hmm. 
insane. And also, one Which of my favourite things... Which the two of them? Shutter Island and The Departed. Yeah. The Departed by... Along the departed is yeah. I was going to say I think the departed's better. Might be my second favorite Scorsese film. Yeah, it's a really good film. Um, but it's, it's it's insane because so often we kind of uh, we rely on actors to show range, and we've spoken about that a lot here. We don't need to do that part of it again. But directors they often kind of tie themselves down to a style, and we can watch a film and say that's a that's a Tarantino film, or yeah, so on and so on. The, the range that goes throughout Scorsese's career, even just through the documentaries that he does and the topic choices of those, yeah. to have The Departed and Shutter Island back-to-back is, is so good because it also, the way Shutter Island feels, it's a Scorsese movie, but it also feels like he's doing all of the right things of the psychological horror genre mm. without trying to do a copy of them, without trying to kind of handlebar in... Uh, too many kind of tropes because he feels that's the right thing to do because maybe he doesn't have the experience doing it this is like a guy who's been doing this kind of film his whole life and then he bounces straight back from this and i think the next film he does is hugo uh a semi-animated kids film i've heard of it i've not seen it yeah and and then after that he's got what like wolf of wall street in a couple of years like his run is just ridiculous it doesn't feel like a Scorsese film, though, does it? It does feel like a Nolan film. I don't know whether that's because DiCaprio's in it and you associate DiCaprio with Nolan, but then you also associate DiCaprio with well, Scorsese. So it's a weird one. This it's, is it's a... just when, when I, on my rewatch, I was like, Scorsese, like, it really threw me. Well, DiCaprio has Inception and Shutter Island come out the same year. Well, yeah. Both of them in 2010. It's the year of the dead wife for DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. His dead wife era. Yeah. Um, man who has never taken a wife maybe yeah maybe if, maybe that's why yeah teddy daniels walks the dark empty hallway of a mental institution the tiny flame of his match goes off he lights another one a couple of minutes later a man behind bars tells him don't you get it you're a rat in a maze so is the viewer is that a, a review yeah oh okay i thought that was just you having a nice no time. no no Scorsese um, delves yeah. into the psychological thriller genre while also brilliantly injecting elements of horror and even classic noir. It all fits great with the cool period setting and the overall captivating premise. Yeah. It's, I, it's, Shutter Island's a great film, but I, I will say it's one of those films where you have to, you do really have to be in the mood to watch it. You have to be in the mood to watch Shutter Island. Otherwise, it is difficult. Like I, I always, always watch a film in one sitting i've got real bad ocd for it i i I can't break films up into i'll watch half tonight half tomorrow with this film i had to do it in three sittings i just had to that was partly because i was working and stuff but it's just it just beats the shit out of you it's just a hard watch isn't it i finished this uh monday night did the podcast with tk saw the Man City were coming in for Declan Rice. I was yeah. incredibly depressed, and then I put Shutter Island on, and that didn't help. <laughs> Finished about quarter past one, and I was still feeling it when I went into have work seen, the next morning. Have you seen these um, Declan Rice Muller adverts around the place? I have because it? I felt like I was being tormented by. Them. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Rice, Rice, baby. I just yeah, they've just jumped onto the fact that his surname's Rice and yeah. ran with it. Uh, yeah. A relentlessly chilling mystery and a white knuckle thriller. 
Mark Ruffalo breaks away and serves up what may very well be his best performance to date. And I won't no. ask you that because I'm going to ask you that later. No, it's not. Hold the phone. Okay. Neither the book nor the film of Shutter Island, unfortunately, has the courage of its convictions. It would have been more on point if Scorsese had given real expression to the spirit and traumas of the mid-1950s. Uh, I guess. I don't now, really know enough about the mid-1950s. I take that in a book where you're <clears throat> really trying to paint the most vivid picture possible for us in our minds. Yeah. Do you not feel the 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 atmosphere of Shutter Island is so inclusive? Um, it, it's kind of it's like you're roped to the seat while watching it because yeah. you need to know what happens next. You're just trapped in this. Yeah, that does what feel. That is what it feels. Like you're trapped in film. his mind. Trapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel if you've taken too much time away to flesh out things, then one you would have painted almost too much of a clear picture. Whereas the point of this film is to not do that. We're in this kind of yeah. hazy fog the whole way through the film. Yeah. And also, it's two hours and 18 minutes anyway. Mm. I don't... I think, much like a comedy which we've spoken about before, Apatow is, gets criticism for it, and he's probably the best at it, doing these long-form comedies, like Bridesmaids, mm. two and a half hours long. Yeah. 40-Year-Old Virgin, nearly two and a half hours long. Knocked Up, nearly two and a half hours long. It's much easier to watch a two and a half hour comedy than it is to watch a two hour, 20 minute. But also... Because um, like, at least I, you're kind of... You, it's more... You're relaxed, aren't you? Yeah, but then also at the same time, there's only so many of those jokes you can laugh at. So true. Jonah Hill making a dick joke after two and a half hours isn't the same as him making it to McLovin after ten minutes. Very and true. I, I feel it's the same with horror films. You, you, you can't risk us being taken away. If you chopped up Shutter Island the first time you'd watched it, it wouldn't have the same effect as if you'd sat start to finish. You, you, you need. It, to bind you, you need to kind of surrender yourself though, to it. Disappointingly, Shutter Island is one of those films where on the first watch, it's incredible. And then on the rewatch, you're like, because you already know what's going on, oh, it doesn't hit as hard. Do you disagree I, with that? I don't I don't disagree, but I think there's it's a different way to watch it the second time around, yeah, that, which, yeah, which I yeah, do yeah, intend yeah, to yeah. ask you about that as well, because we, that's been a running theme for us in terms of rewatchability. Mm. On DiCaprio... Obviously, fantastic in this film. Do you think this is his best film? Because you, you, you keep you keep you keep jumping ahead. Revenant. Ah, it's like you're reading my notes, which is well, I'm about yeah. to ask you a very you poignant question. Screamed like I shoved something in your bum. Well, Davina McCall doesn't get interrupted when she's saying you're live on Channel Four. Please do not swear. Yeah, but and McCall, telling you who's a victim. Davina McCall also runs with it more. And that's because they're not allowed to speak for that part. In the interview, she'll she'll go off on whatever tangents they're allowed. You no, need this... to send me your structure before, otherwise I'm just going to talk. And you're like, I offered that previously, and you t- you then said you didn't like it. Wow, well, okay. I did that for Spider Man too. I, I, okay, go on. Say he's what better in he's better in this than he is in the Revenant. Now, we've spoken in depth about his career multiple times on this podcast, partly with you, partly without you so we're not going to do the whole run through again mm. DiCaprio has his Oscar we aren't taking that away now if you could retrospectively reaward that Oscar to another performance in his career would you or do you think The Revenant would still take the cake uh, swap one Oscar out for another 
So yeah, you're not so giving him take... another Oscar, no, but no, no, you're you're, you're allowed to reposition it and yeah. say because we got to the point it where almost, it does almost feel like the Revenant was fan it's a charity service. Oscar. Yeah, it does. It does feel like that. But then, um, no, I'd give it to him for Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, that's that's yeah. the answer TK gave me today as well. Yeah, I'd give it to Wolf of Wall Street over Shutter Island. Not that he's not great in this, but no, not over Shutter Island. It's over the over the Revenant. It's like so. It's, yeah. You're taking it off the Revenant and giving it to another film. No, no, no. I mean, if I had to choose between yeah, giving him sure. an Oscar for this, yeah. or for Wolf of Wall Street, I would still give it for Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know how he gets an Oscar says, playing a corpse for two hours. But it says a lot that like you're. We're just talking about casually giving Oscars away to DiCaprio. Like he is, he is that good. You're just like, oh yeah, he could have got an Oscar for that. He could have got an Oscar for this. He doesn't miss really, does he? Let's be honest. Uh, I think I'd you give say it... the same even in like Django, like in Django and Chains, like he yeah. for like best supporting. He, he, I mean, he could have. I guess he's not technically a supporting character, but you know what I mean. Like his performance in that is insane. So that that is the thing. I think if we break down the intricacies of it, then there are often times it wasn't like he was robbed for every single one of these Oscars. There was no. compelling cases in all of them. I actually think probably... he should be on more than one though, shouldn't he? Yeah, so in the same year as this, so say you were making the case for him getting it for this film, I think this, yeah. this is the same year that Will Smith gets it for Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, which you can't take away from him. But that's great. also, that's like prime Oscar bait, as they call it. Yeah. I think I would give it for The Departed. Okay. Probably yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, if not. Because then, so when you said about Django, mm. if we were getting into the intricacies, then you say... Okay, well then, if it was going to supporting, then Christoph Waltz's performance was probably better than DiCaprio's. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, Christoph Waltz is deserves the Oscar more than that in in Django. But I mean, if you're just giving him out willy dilly, then you could have an Oscar for that. I do think um, Wolf of Wall Street is his, in my opinion, that's his best performance. Though I don't think that film would be that film without him in it. No, I, I love the I love giving out the trivia of Wahlberg being in The Departed for less than seven percent of the film and mm. getting the best supporting actor nomination. Yeah, I have to say, if they wanted to, they probably would. Leo be the lead actor in that? I think it could be the case for him being supported. It's Jack. I mean, you'd say Jack Nicholson, wouldn't you? Jack Nicholson, yeah, but they nominate Jack Nicholson gets nominated for best lead in the yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd and say so easily. you could probably have made the case for DiCaprio being the support if you wanted to do it that way. It's yes. just mental that Wahlberg gets it, but he is incredible in that film for yeah. as long as he's in it. He he's good in that. I've I've always, you know how I feel about Wahlberg, but I, he is good in the part, and I've always said that. It's. <laughs> I love the expressions that DiCaprio does uh, throughout this and. It's very interesting watching this for the second time, and this will be a theme throughout this podcast because I think on the second time around, it does very much feel like he's the only one not in on the joke. And the paranoia he has only plays into that. And so I think the atmosphere in a different way is actually ramped up slightly more the second time around. Mm, It just annoys me on the rewatch because it feels like Ruffalo is just being condescending and just toying with him that's what it feels like to me watching it it's just frustrating you feel like he's just toying with him and you're like on the first watch because you buy into you know obviously the twist is he's he's an impatient but the on the first watch when you believe that he is this detective and they are there together and it's just it's uh, yeah i don't know it's frustrating it frustrates me on the second watch but then it's obviously that's the way that it has to go but i 
I love um, the little squint that I mean Leo does it in every role he's in. Yeah, it's working overtime in this film, and yeah. <laughs> it's it's so good when he wants to be extra inquisitive. Yeah, and he like kind of he tilts his head far. slightly as he yeah. squints his eyes. Like, are you sure yeah. about that? Let's yeah. have the Ruffalo conversation now because you've uh, you've opened that up. He, he won the role of Chuck, and I, I love stories like this. He sent Scorsese, Scorsese what's, I guess, technically a fan letter, just saying mm. how much he appreciated his work. He kind of picked it apart. This is my favorite. This is what I love. These are my favorite roles you've done, this, that. Love it. And just basically laid out how much he wanted to work with him. Love it. He doesn't hear back for a while. This comes up. Ultimately, he gets the role here. Love it. And it, he's great in it. It's a lot of fun watching yeah. these actors in Marvel films, but then seeing them outside of it, you can't help but feel like they've been wasted yeah, sometimes, like they've been stuck in the machine. I know, it's just it's the Marvel it's just the Marvel kind of uh sugar rush that we're living in now, isn't it? Marvel I used to really like Marvel films. I thought, you know, when it, I thought it was like quite groundbreaking in what they've done in the well, it cinematic was. universe and blah blah blah. But now it does just feel like they're just churning out just shit, aren't they? Let's be honest. Well, I said, I mean, the, the the title sequences for the latest TV show are AI generated. If you can't be bothered to do your own title it's sequences, just, then I don't know what to out. say. It's just churning out shit, and you've got you know the likes of Ruffalo linked to that shit when he could be doing amazing, you know, independent works. You've got people like Benedict Cumberbatch and that that are also tied up to it. Like they're all the thing is with Marvel, the reason why it's so good is they take the absolute cream of the crop actors that are the, the top of their game, and they just keep hold of them and they just claim them I saw like, well, it's just so frustrating Anthony Mackie was sorry. good because you want them to be in you want you oh, yeah it's, it's a double-edged sword isn't it Anthony Mackie was telling a story about being on set with Harrison Ford recently because Harrison Ford mm. I think he's he's gonna be like Red Hulk isn't he where yeah 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 I think so and they yeah. asked him about it in an interview and he's like what the fuck is a Red Hulk <laughs> yeah but they asked Mackie what it was like to be working with him and he was telling it like it was a very playful anecdote yeah. And he said they're kind of setting up all the time, and Harrison Ford is telling people, "Let's just shoot this shit." Yeah, and he clearly he's not buying into the Marvel machine in the way that uh, some Harrison do. Ford doesn't buy into any of it. I feel like Indiana Jones is perhaps the only thing that he's actually like truly been passionate about. But he like he hates Star Wars, doesn't he? I was gonna watch indiana jones next week until i saw it. it's over two and a half hours long and oh, I'm, I'm i'm gonna watch it i've got faith in it just because it's phoebe waller bridge that helped write it and she she, she looks annoying to me in the trailer alone um, yeah but she's as a writer she's fantastic she's a very very good writer I, it's gonna be like a throwback here like i'm with keenan <laughs> you're gonna have to stop fidgeting i can hear you rustling like there's no tomorrow am i yeah oh, okay. it's like this it's like you're having a shandy um Oh. Well, the pod's going on. I don't know what my voice does to you, but uh... <laughs> you said earlier this is definitely not Mark Ruffalo's best performance. What no. do you attribute that to? Um, <clears throat> I think you've been a... on for more Mark Ruffalo films than any other actor, by the way. Yeah, I also want to make a uh, point about that with John Carroll Lynch. He seems to pop up in every fucking film that we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd say Zodiac. Talking about John Carroll Lynch, I think Zodiac's. I think Zodiac's up there. Um, the Now You See Me film was a good fun. Number one, yes. Maybe don't rewatch number two. Mm, yeah, I would... that scene with them flinging the card around in the bank vault. <laughs> yeah, but it's just fun, isn't it? It's just a, it's just a fun film. 
What? Yeah, I'd say. Um, have you watched Dark Waters? I, I was about to ask you that question. Yes, yeah, I have. Dark Waters. He's good in that. Yeah. It felt my only criticism of that. I think it would have hit harder if Spotlight hadn't come out mm. three years prior. I think because it, it's basically it is, is doing the same thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the same film. Yeah. But that was that was very long as well. Dark Waters, but very good because I don't think you. If you do an hour and a half film and they're supposed to have had a real slog to get this information, then I feel we need to endure some of it as well. Yeah. You can't reach the information too quickly. Even if you put a little like one year later, it doesn't hit mm. the same. We need to kind of been on the struggle with you. So I, I watched uh, Collateral for the first time last week. Is that Ruffler? I've not seen Collateral. Yeah, it's him. Okay. He's a police officer in it. It's uh, Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. No, not seen it. You you'd like it's, I mean it's, it's pure Michael Mann action blockbuster. Yeah, it's essentially Tom Cruise is a villainous hitman. Right. Okay. He gets in Jamie Cruise's uh, Jamie Fox's taxi, pays Jamie him. Cruise. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jamie Cruise pays him three hundred dollars for the night and says, "You need to take me. I've got a couple of business trips to do. Go stop to stop." And then very quickly realizes he's taking this guy hit to hit. Oh, so he's. Oh, and then he's roped him with cool, it. Yeah. And it's kind of one of them all in a night action films. Yeah, that's cool. But it's a fun. Like, it's like, it's um, like two hours. A bit like Drive. Sort of. It's, um, it's less I like, intense. I like that. It's um, less intense than Drive. I, you, we spoke about Ed, Edgar Wright a lot. But what do you think of Baby Driver? Did you like, like it? Baby and I, you said, and you get confused yeah. every time. Oh, uh, yeah. I just feel like you just don't like Edgar Wright films. I mean, yeah, Keenan anyway. spoke very positively about that. The soundtrack, yeah. I've still got... Uh, Soundtrack's fantastic. B-A-B-Y, baby. Yeah. I've debated singing that, and then I had a sing at the end of... Kind of did half and half. At the end of Monday's podcast, I sung the chorus to a song as a little Easter egg at the end and thought, that's probably enough for one week. Yeah. Yeah, we spoke about Ruffalo a lot when we did Zodiac. I think the first time around on this, I partially agree with what you've said about the rewatch. I think he plays the role of the sidekick very well. Mm. I think the only thing, and look, we're, we're supposed to be inquisitive the whole way through the, fir- the first watch, aren't we? We're supposed to know that something's wrong, but we're not supposed to know what's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think you, you're more curious because it always feels like as the sidekick, Teddy is the more... Um, Chuck is the more intelligent of the two. Yeah. Like he he's holding something back, which I think you're supposed to feel. So second yeah. time around, I don't think he is being insulting in the way that I feel you you were saying. You I know, think he feels he I feel like he feels like he, he he's sorry for him is the way yeah, I, I I read it on the second one. Do you know what? I mean for me it's obviously it's a personal one. I mean, I've just written my master's dissertation which was 70 odd pages on dementia right and how we should look after patients with dementia so for the past three months i've been writing fucking 70 pages and there's a big thing in nursing particularly where if a dementia patient says um i'm on a plane we're going to spain do you correct them and say no you're in a hospital in central london or do you go along with them is that deceitful are you lying to them or is it just going along with their kind of living truth? Because what they're saying in their head is right. They're not yeah. They're not lying. It's their living truth. In that moment, that's where they are. So do you go along with that? And there's very, very split opinions. Is there an nursing. answer? I know no, what my no, answer no, no. would be. 
Well, for me, I mean, I, I obviously go along with it. You go along with the living truth because all you're going to do is end up frustrating them and you're basically accusing them of lying when in their head they're not. Is it possible that in their head they're in a worse place? Because that was when I would think that you would yeah, correct Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they're agitated and stuff, you can obviously calm them down. But if, like, little Gladys thinks she's going off to the hairdressers, yeah, yeah. then let her think that. Or a lot of, a lot of things... Um, I used to print off bus stop signs. Um, I would print off like a bus stop sign if a patient was waiting for the bus, um, and this patient was a fall's risk. You know, they if they're on their feet for twenty minutes, then they run the risk of falling over and cracking their head open. I would make them a cup of tea, print off a bus stop sign, stick it to a corridor, and then get them to sit. At, do you know what I mean? At the bus stop, yeah. but other people would be like, "Oh, that's disgusting. You're you're lying to them. It's just you're doing that so that you know it, it makes it easier for you and stuff." But it's it's a it's a weird one, but anyway, I'm digressing. But it that's that is kind of what um, uh, Ruffalo's character is doing, isn't it? Really, yeah, I he's, think he's playing along to to Teddy's living truth. I think he he has a very solemn expression the whole way through when you rewatch it, and yeah, I think I actually think there's 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 more credence to his performance on a rewatch as far as like the glasses off the camera, the mm-hmm. little kind of. Um, like a half, not even like a real smirk, like a smirk you do when someone's crying next to you and you're trying to catch someone else's eye and you're like... It's almost he, like he's, he's, like he's yeah, on the rewatch, it's like he's acknowledging the audience, isn't it? He, he's gives a, he's given that nod to the audience. He doesn't break the fourth wall, but it's like, I okay, think, we're doing this again sort of thing. I think the important thing, and I think when you have a film that is, is so... The, the twist is so integral, I think... For rewatchability, and and I, we spoke about this before. I don't think it's in the director's mind. I think you're making the best film possible for the first watch, but I do mm. think there needs to be something in it where the film can't fall apart the second time around, because yeah. that would be an issue. And I think a rewatch on this one, I think the film would fall apart maybe if it felt like a double cross on yeah. chuck's behalf i think if when he entered the room the second time around you felt like he was reveling in it you felt like mm. he he'd kind of teamed up against teddy we'll, we'll call him should we just stick with teddy for the basis of yeah. this podcast rather yeah. than go back and forth yeah. um yeah i think the way he walks into the room when he does walk in i think that's the most important part the second time around because if it feels anything other than sincere then I think you could even ruin the experience you've had on the first watch. So yeah. that's why I think it ages quite well because he does seem almost apologetic when he walks in the room. And yeah. the performance up to that point on the second watch only plays into that. I'm trying to think about films where the kind of twist is revealed at the end, but there's been like clues all along. and I'm, and then it, The it Sixth ruins. Sense is one of them. We've the done it before. Is, is a good one. Yeah, when we've done it on here before, and I mean not in the same conversation, but I don't know if you watched Den of Thieves back in twenty. 20- no. Okay, no, so it's a big action it. film. Um, Gerard Butler, Fifty Cent, and is Jamie Foxx in that? I feel like he's in that, isn't he? I I remember seeing the. I uh, don't the believe so. Um, Anthony oh, Mackie's okay. in it. Mm, yeah, I might be thinking of a different. He's got. Um, O'Shea Jackson, Ice Cube, son, that was a big thing about it. All right, okay. Anyway, the film there, there's there, there's a twist in it. Uh, hopefully not, hopefully everyone's seen it by now, so I've not ruined too much. Yeah. And you can see 
things playing into that if you watch your back and you can see where he's tripped him up here or he's done this there. Yeah. And so we spoke about a film with a big twist. Really, you get two watches out of it. It I needs to be a spectacular film in... to get more than the two. I guess you kind of get that in Training Day as well. Kind of, there's there's levels to it. I mean, uh, Training Day, f- for me, uh, I've rewatched you, that. You, we'd, we'd... But you know from the start, kind of in Training Day, that it's kind yeah, of small. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just checking, don't know if I'd missed anyone. Um, no, Gerald Butler, O'Shea Jackson, uh, 50 Cent. Maybe Anthony Mackie. Anthony, no, Anthony Mackie was in that triple nine, was it called? I don't know. It was a big one. They released it around Christmas time on Netflix, and I think it bombed, actually. So look, I've got the films mixed up. I've not that. seen Anthony Mackie in much other than Marvel stuff, to be honest with you. I'm Eight Mile. Yeah. Um, uh, I watched his... Den of Thieves um, is good. Den of Thieves is very good, actually. His Black Mirror episode's a bit of a weird one. Yeah. He's putting a pipe down. Um <laughs> That's that is the route that we're going though, isn't it? Black Mirror is I really like Black Mirror because it, Have you watched the latest season? No, I've only watched the first okay. that Joan Must Die. Um I'm gonna watch some more of Black Mirror tonight, I think. Se- the second the second episode is uh, is the best. Oh is it? Yeah. Oh that was my plan to watch that tonight, that's good. Yeah, and it's, it's up there for me with the, the uh Shut Up and Something episode, I forget what it's called, without giving a spoiler. The one where the the kid he has a thing pop up on his computer and he's got to go through the tasks. Oh, the yeah. nonce one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, ideally, yeah. you wouldn't have just spoiled it yeah. like that. But, um, yeah. but yeah. here we are. Yeah. All right. I like the one where um, Andrew Scott's in it and he, he captures the guy and he's in that taxi. I like that. That's, I think that's one of my favourite episodes. It's not the same episode? No, no, no. Andrew Scott. The, that's oh, the yeah, 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 wife, yeah, yeah. She yeah. answers the phone. Yeah. yeah. All right. The atmosphere of Shutter Island, something I thought was interesting... This this one starts working on us before the film's even started. Like the first musical notes that mm-hmm. they give us for the Paramount logo. Mm-hmm. Even before the film starts, it's ominous, it's gloomy, and that's the way the film is right up until the ending, and we'll talk about that. So just on the note of, of music, this is a weird one, but when I was doing A-level music, we had to pick a scene from a film and basically write the soundtrack or the score in the background. And I picked Shutter Island and I did the scene where, um, you know where he, he hugs her and she turns to ash? Yeah. And then the whole house is on fire or whatever. Um, and I uploaded it to YouTube and uh, I, I rem- remember being really proud of it because there's a lot that goes on in that scene that you can do like musically. And I looked for it on YouTube for about 40 minutes, just typing Kieran Fletcher, Shutter Island, composition, blah, blah, blah. And it's out there somewhere on YouTube, but I can't find it. And I wanted to send it to you, but I just, I, I haven't deleted it. So it's literally from when I was like 19 and doing A-level music. So it must be like 10 years ago. And I have written like a composition to, to this scene, but I, just, I, I don't know where it is. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm going to find it if anyone's <laughs> listening and wants to find it. But I thought it would just be like Kieran Fletcher, composition, Shutter Island. It's not that easy to find. It's out there somewhere. But I know that there's stuff that both you and I have on YouTube in the depths, the underbelly of YouTube that not some me. stuff I, needs to remain hidden. I no, repurposed, I know, I no, repurposed no, 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 my I channel. Know, there's, okay. I'm thinking of a very particular video that you, that my, you potentially could have won at least a Golden Globe for. My 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 YouTube now was, yeah, it was switched to be the uh, sitballing pod one because I already had 
1.5k subs on there yeah. so it was easier <laughs> easiest way around all right One of my favorite quotes we can still be friends <laughs> um <laughs> so we're told that shutter island is this kind of uh, rough island offshore i guess that precludes being an island Civil War era force has kind of been adapted as a prison for the criminally insane. I think it's meant to represent Alcatraz. You know about Alcatraz? Yeah. In America, the island is the prison is an island. I think it's ba- it's basically based off that. I, I'm just making that up in my head, but I feel like that's probably what he had in mind. Because it wouldn't be feasible to have a mental institute on just an island by itself. It's just I don't think you could ever get ethical kind of. The approval of that but like it, it feels like Alcatraz um, in terms of building dread and that's ultimately what the film is is trying to do throughout yeah, massively it's it's all brought together in this foreshadowing that's being done in the background it's hinting at us and yeah. for a lot a lot of the films actually hiding in plain sight and yeah. one of the reasons I think Leo is so important is that he steals the screen when he's on it and there is so much that is taking place right before our eyes that i think if you had a lesser actor in there we may be more attentive to everything that's going on around him oh yeah good point but you because got of how good he is, is yeah, you just watch him don't you just yeah, locked on true. yeah um, true. even even some of the the questions that maybe you're going to correct me there's some people online that will tell you you know i solved this film in the first five minutes and blah 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 Mm, how did I didn't. I don't how did I the did. woman escape from a locked cell in a locked ward in the old fort? Also, when you when you do really question it, two detectives would not be called in exactly. to find a missing yeah. psychiatric patient. It's just with it no, just with no experience of it. Just wouldn't happen. Like that's not what you do. So yeah, when you when you look back at it, you do think, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, but well, on the on the first watch, I didn't. Um, I yeah, it sold me anyway. So you you. You don't ask why Corley and uh, Dr. Nairing really would be trying to conceal something. Why yeah. John Carroll Lynch, who comes across as quite a pleasant <laughs> yeah. person, but yeah. doesn't come across that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we they know- kind of, they link, they sort of link it in with the, the Nazi stuff, don't don't they? And you kind of think, oh, maybe there is some kind of under, underground nazi stuff that that well, one doctor's german isn't he yeah You're thinking maybe they're experimenting well, cause that's, that's the way that i saw it on the first watch we don't know why certain parts of the prison trigger flashbacks to teddy's memories of helping yeah. liberate a nazi death camp yeah and ben kingsley in particular he He's just fantastic he just this. exudes menace and evil and kind yeah. of it, there's something not right every time he smiles it just feels off mm. Don't you think Ben Kingsley is just so good? He is. I, I, just, I think he can play a very particular type of character. Like, I think yeah. this is what he's just should be doing every single time he's on screen. Uh, yeah. Have you watched um, Sexy Beast? No. Give up. A lot of those kind of English gangstery ones, they're not, they're not for me in the way that they probably should be if you put my interest <laughs> into a computer. There's, um, there's a video of Bill Hader speaking about watching sexy beast and he's, he says that he likes watching english films where you just don't understand what they're saying <laughs> and he's like you know they, they start getting a bit cockney and you understand it and he was like oh cool i understand what they're saying and then they just go ridiculous i'll send you the video it's funny well we get the possibility that this escaped woman might be lurking in a cave on the cliff um, or <laughs> hiding in a lighthouse and yeah. 
Both of them involve like the most dangerous circumstances possible to negotiate. Worst place to hide a lighthouse. But also, no one seems that concerned. Since when have you had a dog? This next door. It's just mental. <laughs> okay. um, no one seems that concerned that that she could have gone over the rocks or she could be in the sea and all of these things. Yeah. We don't question at the time. What? Why? Why are they not doing that? Yeah, I know. You just go with it, don't you? Yeah, and then uh, the weather is ramping it up. Like you've got, it's not even lightning, but there's like Uh, beams of light coming through the sky. The wind is really attacking you. What do they call it? Like a a tempest. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. And you've got through the deception this kind of symbolism that goes right through the film. And you don't need to be a media major to say, the fire ultimately represents Teddy's hallucinations. That yeah. dictates to you what is not the truth. When the fire is not present, you can believe that that must be the truth. This and is why it feels like Inception, though, because, you know, Inception, you've got the spinning top, haven't you? The spinning top is yeah. like the nod to they're in the dream sequence. But a lot of this film is dream sequence, which is why it feels so Nolan, I think. Well, you've got things like the flame of his lighter stays in frame right up until the moment that George tells the truth to Teddy where he says, this is a game, all of this is for you, you're ratting a fucking mate and (laughs) and the match just goes straight out. See, that scene is fantastic on a watchback because it does feel like he's speaking about... um, He's telling the truth. Yeah, 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 but uh, when he's saying about, um, what's he called, Linus? Latus, yeah. He's here, blah, blah, blah. You do feel like he's speaking about a completely different well, human being. The reason he's in there is because he called him latest and he beat the shit out of yeah. him, didn't he? That guy as well. Um, that's the guy who plays Rorschach. I can't remember his name. And you, you need, to, you seriously need, need to watch Watchmen. I've been on on at you this for about two years. But that guy plays Rorschach in Watchmen, and he's he is one of my favourite characters of all time. He's so so good, and I can't remember the actor's name, which is a disservice <laughs> to him. But he's great because. Alternatively, you've got this symbolism of water throughout the film, and that represents yeah. what has happened to Teddy's children after his wife has drowned them. And he just has this constant aversion to water so much that his mind makes it disappear. The only freeze frame we get in the film is right after the water when he's on the boat, and there's a close up of just the water right at the start to kind of make us think that there's a bit more to this than meets the eye. You see the scene where they're interviewing the second inmate and the glass of water she she lifts her hand up and there's no glass of water in her hand because he just blanks out all of it you get a couple of moments like at the start of the film he flashes face in the sink and that's when he's on the boat and he kind of comes to he has the shower where he's trying to kind of wash this away and now he's straight back in there there's just all sorts all that talk of water has just made me take a drink you just i know i heard you yeah um yeah, there is. Yeah, you got fire and water are the two kind of main elemental sim- symbol- symbol- symbols. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the whole film is focusing on this delusional investigation that he's trying to do to kind of save the program that they've got and show that he doesn't need to go in and be chemically altered. Um, yeah, lobotomized. Yeah, so fucked as well. It's yeah, so so fucked. If you look into what that is, it's yeah. insane. And all of these things that appear real aren't. And through most of the storyline, it's cloudy and the rain gets heavier as the story gets deeper. The sun comes out for the mm. final <laughs> scenes when he acknowledges the, the truth, which is something did, there. Did you mean to do that? 
What? Very, very good. As the story gets deeper, yeah. The rain gets heavier, the story gets deeper. Very nice. And You're one of the biggest time. tells on the second time around is when Teddy asks about Dr. Sheehan, the mm. inmate glances at Chuck because she knows who he is and yeah. she just kind of plays along with it. Yeah. When she scribbles the words run in his journal, that's mm-hmm. as shook as I can remember being in yeah. watching a film. It's like, Jesus. But, and that also makes you, um, the fact that he hides it from um, Ruffalo, Chuck, yeah. it, it kind of, that also creates a little bit of drama there because you're like, oh, who who do we side with here sort of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just, it's like we said, you, you'd need to be, if you're in the mood for a thriller, this is a hell of a thriller. But it it does it does just beat you up as you watch it. Similar to, I, I always make the comparison with um, uh, the, the new Joker film with Hakeem Phoenix. I've only watched it once, and once was enough for me because it's just fucking exhausting. Yeah, uh, now, so now, now we're getting a musical for a sequel. So know, uh, Lady Gaga. It's such a good film, but I watched it once in the cinema, and I was like, yeah, that's enough for me. But it, yeah. All those, um, all those rats going along that cliff. Yeah. Or they're talking about the water. Just think that's that scene. They were real rats, weren't they? I don't know. That scene's gross. So there's, gross. There's other kind of details, like when they are interviewing um, in kind of the canteen part. You see guards just stood behind Teddy, and they're not stood behind yeah. Chuck because he's an inmate as well, and they're stood behind uh, the other inmates as well. Yeah. There's when we'll get to the ending actually. Mm. When when they go into the courtyard for the <laughs> first all, time, a bit all over the place there, Lukey. Well, when when they go into the oh, so I don't want to repeat myself. When yeah. they go into the courtyard for the first time, and Chuck has to hand over his weapon. Yeah. And he he can't remove it from his holster, so he has to hand over the whole holster. Second yeah. watch that tells you, okay, he probably isn't a U.S. Marshal. Yeah. They don't even ask. Teddy for his gun and he doesn't even yeah. he, he argues doesn't he saying about the laws and things like that he's obviously a very well read individual because they say even through his delusions he, he knows all this he's really intelligent yeah it's a big thing for an American to hand over their gun I think yeah. it's a it's such a part of their like ingrained culture it's the second amendment isn't it the right to bear arms yeah so I guess I'm trying to think what the equivalent for us would be hand over your phone maybe probably genuinely yeah I don't know before, I, did you know? In, did you ever used to ha- have to give your phone over at school? Did you get your well, phone? Mine was always in my bag, so it wouldn't have been an issue for me. Yeah, but that's like to give your phone to someone and just not have that kind of. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. When Scorsese and DiCaprio decided to make this movie, they were originally going to make Wolf of Wall Street first. They couldn't get the financing for Wolf of Wall Street. This one was considerably cheaper, so they went ahead and did this of one Wall first. Street comes out at exactly the time it needs to come out. Yeah. I think it. you can't really fault that film. It creates Margot Robbie. It comes out exactly when it has to. David Fincher was considered as a director for this. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I could, again, I, I just I just think it's it's bread and butter, a Nolan film. I really do, but, you know. There were two other actors considered for the role that ends up going to Mark Ruffalo. Uh, Gyllenhaal, perhaps? Nope. Uh, Maguire? No. Uh, when are we again? 2010, you said? Yep. Uh, oh, fuck. Close to Gyllenhaal. 
Um, Joseph, not Joseph Gordon Levitt. No, Danny Junior. Too, too early for him. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Josh Brolin. Yeah. His fucking dog. I know. Um, Danny Junior is in a new Oppenheimer film, isn't it? Yes, because he's Which... called Killian Murphy's performance maybe the best in movie history. So no pressure. Okay. Well, we need to we need to go and watch that. Well, I've like I've said, I think Killian Murphy is one of the best actors of our generation. So wouldn't surprise me. I watched that man on stage and was blown away. Let's talk about the twist of this film, the ending of this film. Yep. When he bursts Ooh. into the lighthouse and the doctor says, why are you so wet, baby? You, you just know something awful is about to happen. <laughs> yeah, that is that is menacing. I mean, you said when you said earlier that he's menacing, I don't think he's menacing. I just think he's very uh, professional in, in the sense of know. like, patient, you shouldn't really be that connected to your patients. But then I guess you need to be, to, I don't know, again, I said all this in my dissertation. But that's the part where he's like, that's the part where you're like, okay, that was personal. Why are you saying that? <laughs> it's because he's told in the dream, hasn't he, so many times, yeah, yeah, so he yeah, knows about yeah. it. The, the POV shots then of Teddy kind of scanning the room after finding out the rifle's empty are great. You, you like feel his panic. He clocks the recorder, the holster from his partner. Again, though, that's the scene between those two is just it's just great actors being great actors, isn't it? They're bouncing off of each other. Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the best of what he does. Ben Kingsley is also a ridiculously good actor you know the, um, the the actual scene where we see the truth is is just so well done so horrifying the shots as well the shots with the pistol yeah i mean but the the scene when that's in before that he... the no the scene where we see that she's <clears throat> drowned yeah because her being sat on the swing with her back to us like we've seen that done before and so you just know anything could happen. Like she could turn around and be covered in blood. The fact yeah. that she isn't and she's just wet is curious, yeah. and you can you can see in your peripheral vision something floating yeah, in the water. In the background. And then when he like kind of wades out to get them, and he's just like just screaming and taking them back. It's well, he, she it's, says yeah. that their kids are at school, and she says he says it's Saturday, school, honey. School's not school in on a Saturday, school. and she yeah. says my school is. And the actual scene of collecting the kids is, is so Yeah, that's what grim. I mean. He, he like kind of like groups them all together, doesn't he? And then drags them up onto the bank. It's just it's rough. That might be and as good just, at acting as he's ever done. That's that's what that I was about scene. to that's what I was about to say. Like you when you're if you're acting something like that, you have to be one hundred and you have to be so believable. Otherwise. He's there, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing it. That's you just fully believe. But that's because he's one of the best, isn't he? Let's be honest. The, the shot of him just sat in disbelief in front of the kids all laid flat out. Yeah. She's saying, we'll dry them off, change their clothes. They'll be our living dolls. <laughs> the first time around when I saw this and I heard the gunshot, I thought police were there. And the mm. reason he was in there was they thought that he'd killed the kids. And I thought the twist was going to be it wasn't him that had done it. Yeah. But that would have no. been cool. It's, I, I would have uh, thought that. That he kills yeah. his wife. They they don't seem to maybe because he hasn't told them the whole story. They don't seem to take into account the kind of context of him killing his wife in that situation. <laughs> no, they no they do. I mean they they understand. I think that's why they feel sorry for him. I think that's why Ruffalo's character feels sorry for him. I think they understand that he's in there because bear in mind this isn't a prison. It's an it's a me- yeah. it's a mental institute. It's a inpatient institute. The most violent. I think. Yeah, for the most violent impatience. I think it's the fact that 
he was taken in because if he was allowed to be in society, he would just someone would die. I think that's the reality of it. So I think him killing his wife is consequential to him, you know, having the the trigger that he does to kind of go into this almost psychosis. But um, I don't think it's. Uh, yeah, it, it's not like he could be in a regular prison for killing his wife because he would just be, you know, such a menace to every other inmate that wasn't delusional in that sense. Yeah, well, she's. We'll dry them off, change their clothes. They'll be our living dolls. Yep. And Gross. then we get we we get the breakthrough with him. We get his realization. He admits everything that's happened. He acknowledges that he knows who he is. Yeah. The ending and the kind of reality behind it, I guess, it's as surprising to Teddy in that moment as it is to the audience. Yeah. And the final line spoken by him then is is one of the most impactful lines I can remember as he says, which would be worse, to live as a monster or to die as a good man? Yeah, I have that down as... Um, I think the awards are fairly cut and dry this week. <laughs> wounds can create monsters, Marshall, and you are wounded. Wouldn't you agree when you see a monster, you should stop it, is what the German says to... The German doctor says to him at one point, "It's all. It all ties into this idea. Or would would you rather die a good man or live yeah. as a what is it? Yeah, die a good man, live as a monster." So, just um, to check your take, just in case you have a different view, are you of the view that he knows what he's done, he acknowledges that, but he's now choosing to live in the mind of Teddy rather than Ladis? Yeah, he, he hasn't just reverted. No, 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 no. I think we are meant to... Th- he says that, and it's meant to be like a nod to the audience. And again, you've got Ruffalo, he nods to Kingsley, doesn't he? And you're like, oh, God, he's gone back. But then yeah. when he sees the like lobotomy equipment, I think that is him saying, I want to die as a good man, is him saying, yeah, this needs to stop sort of thing. Because That's Teddy wouldn't have said that, I don't think. No. Did you ever put together the anagrams of the names? Because I never No, did. no, I'm not no. that guy. <laughs> but I'm sure some people would have watching this, like... Well, I think when when you look, but when you look back, you're like, oh shit, yeah. The people that say I knew all along that he was a patient, I think it's not the most outlandish thing to believe could be the case. Like we've seen that yeah. before, but for people yeah. to say they know it, I think you can you can have that theory in your mind, and then you can watch the mm. film with that idea, and it can be proven right, and you go, oh, I was right. I don't think you know from the get go unless you've had no. a spoiler. You've seen maybe. When these kind of films happen, so often you'll see a review and it'll be like, you won't see the twist coming. And it's like, well, don't tell well, me now, a twist. Now I know there's a twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, so true. So if, if you went into it with that, then maybe you'd be ultra skeptical. But if you watched it with nothing there, someone, I think I my brother saw this before me and he kept it. telling me to watch it. And I saw the poster and I thought this was a completely different film. I thought I'd yeah. seen something previously with him like on a rooftop in the rain basically to end and mm. i must have molded two films so i was convinced i'd seen like a helicopter coming towards them which they definitely didn't in what was it, 19 it sounds like it sounds like blade runner it sounds like the end of blade yeah runner. i've like merged several films and so yeah, i eventually watched yeah. it and it then hit harder because i had no clue what the hell was going on how old were we when this came out it's like 16 20 2011 so about 17 ish 16 17 yeah i definitely didn't watch it at the cinema no i didn't watch it until i was like 19 maybe i i think i probably had this this was like blockbuster days i reckon i would have taken out on dvd at blockbuster i saw this on his on his netflix run yeah yeah 
Um, I just remember when I, you know, when I first watched this film, I loved it, and I just kept rewatching it, and I had to keep rewatching it because of the fucking A level coursework I had on it. So I, I, I've seen, I've seen this film so many times, but then I took like a almost like a ten year break from it before watching it again for the pod. Yeah, I think the ending does more the second time around as well. Like I think. I agree. First time around, you're still processing the twist, and I think when it gets to the second time around, you can really process his decision at the conclusion of it, and weigh it up more and see it coming, and all of these things. So, yeah. shall we do the awards? Do Just you have anything else to my, add before the awards? Um, I like it when the um, when the Doctor Ben Kingsley offers him a cigarette and takes out a pipe. I think that's quite interesting because yeah. he's because he's been told about. Um, how they've they've put like psycho you know psycholactics in the cigarettes and stuff and you're just like it's interesting why would a guy that smokes a pipe also have cigarettes well the times even when they say is it someone in the in block c or whatever it is points out saying do you have your own cigarettes i bet yeah you've not lit your own the whole time here it's like oh yeah actually he's right yeah yeah exactly um whatever notes have i got just how fucked the Nazi experiments actually were. Um, I think the second half of the film is better than the first half. Would you agree with that? What was that, sorry? I think the second half of the film is better than the first half of the film. I, I don't know. I, I do I very much look at the film as a, as a complete... As a whole. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, mm. I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't split it in that way. I mean, you get the twist in the second half. You get the the tension of going into the um, kind of cordoned off block in the second half. So, yeah, it, I think it's supposed to be a slow build, and so if the whole film was yeah. like the second half, the second half probably wouldn't feel the same. So very true. I do think there are parts where it does feel a bit over the top and artsy, just for the sake of it. You know, when the dead kids in the living room. And then the, the dead kid starts talking to him and stuff. There are some parts where you're like, just stop now. Like it is a little bit too over the top and artsy. Um, but yeah, that's that's all my notes on it. I think. Yeah. On to the awards. If I tell you what I've got, and you tell me if you've got anything different, because I think a lot of these. Uh, Pretty kind cut of and dry, isn't it? Yeah. MVP Teddy. Yep. Star of the film DiCaprio. Yep. Best moment. I've got the realization of the truth. Uh. Best, so I, I put best moment and best scene. Um, I like the scene when he's in where he's with the doctor in the cave and it's not interspersed yeah. with all the dream stuff because it just feels like a break from just constantly having dream sequences every five well, I think, minutes. So I, I really like, and I know that the whole thing is sort in the cave because that's, that's definitely that's yeah, definitely yeah, in his that, mind. That is in his mind, but it's yeah. the fact that it's at least it's coherent for it's about six or seven minutes worth of just him being in his mind and you know that's where he is. But they, I just really like that scene. Um that's have, the one where she, that's sorry. where she's like, Oh god, they haven't been making you smoke cigarettes yeah. and stuff. Have yeah. They have um like the flames kind of overlaying the screen the entire time just to make sure you know yeah. like this isn't yeah. happening by the way and she says um the nazis use jews the soviets use their gulags and we use patients on shutter island and that's when on my first watch of this film i thought that is what was going on so i just the, I like that thing the idea when she says you know i sleep somewhere different every night that there would be yeah. like a hundred <laughs> of these on the <laughs> island to her yeah. just flick behind between. It's, like, it's like she's living in lost <laughs> yeah it's like a whole block of flats just in exactly. that cave yeah. Um, best quote I've I've got though, which could be worse to live as a monster or to die as a good man. 
That is a good quote. That, that is the best one. Uh, I, what says the wounds can create monsters, Marshall? You're wounded, wouldn't you agree when you see a monster? Also, that horrendous. Um, I don't really do quotes, I just do dialogues. If I was to sink my teeth into your eye right now, would you be able to stop me before I blinded you? Give it a try. Yeah, yeah. That's the spirit. Yeah. It's just it was such a horrible piece of imagery. So the idea of biting into someone's eye is gross. Um, see, but yeah, best quote is what one you just said. Yeah. Let's see if we've got the same. Would you rather add Mark Wahlberg, Zac Efron, or Tobey Maguire to this movie? Uh, take Ruffalo out, put Wahlberg in. Ooh. Yeah. Jeez. I think Wahlberg could do this. Especially if this is along the same time as The Departed, it would almost make sense. I've got Tobey Maguire in as the German doctor. <laughs> um, I can see uh, that. If you see, no, it's, um, too, it's, it's just it's post Spider Man. I couldn't see. I couldn't see. You need Spider-Man to see Spider Man as a German doctor. You need to see him in Babylon. I haven't seen it. You yeah, need to see him, it. his character in it. Uh, is that the one where he smashes all the shit up? Yeah, um, what's the he, film where he smashes all the he's shit like, up? No, it's not Babylon. I is feel the like we've had this conversation. He's like the most pale, very kind of quirky mob boss in it. Um, uh, it's it's very interesting. He does look quite sickly, doesn't he? Yeah, yes. he's got that sickly complexion. Yeah. Would you rather add Jennifer Lawrence, Florence Pugh, or Rose Byrne to this movie? Um, I chuck Rose Byrne in there as the Doctor, perhaps. Okay, I've I put Florence Pugh in as his wife. Nice, yeah. Maybe nice, just nice, because nice. she's got blonde hair. I don't think that's the case, though. Um, She'd do it justice as well. Florence Pugh could yeah. do the wife. She could do wife. Yeah. If you had to make a spin-off movie about a side character from this film, who would it be about? <laughs> you know, I don't know why I said this. You know the German who's dying when he's and he's had half his face blown off. He yeah. looks like Harvey Dent, and then um, uh, Teddy's just standing over him. I just, I'd, I'd like to see that scene, just how he got there. Do you know when? That's, they're lining the Nazis up against the wall and they're, they're taking fire. Oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is a guy on the floor who is cracking up and it somehow made the final cut. Oh, really? He's laughing his head off. Wow. And it somehow made the, made the final cut before you he pretends to be dead. To be about, you want the spin-off to be about him? No, no. I, I think uh, Ruffalo and I want him on some other adventures. True. Yeah, but then Ruffalo, he's a doctor he's a psychiatrist so his other adventures are just you know what doing the same thing with other impatience i guess so um in the gift shop based around this film what's the highest selling item doesn't actually really tie in but i've just put in one of those weird kaleidoscope things <laughs> okay. you know those like telescopes that you look i mean through. like it doesn't actually tie colli- in. it's not a weird kaleidoscope thing that's a kaleidoscope yeah but it just doesn't it doesn't tie into the film at all like there's no kind of like mirror imagery or anything like that i just think it, it just ties in with the theme of the film maybe don't know just popped into my head when i watched the film i just like the hats they were wearing at the start so you always go with clothing, but I agree. They, they have. Yeah, that's what you cool. get in a gift shop. Also, maybe like a little, um, a little lighthouse like lamp. Hey, maybe that would be quite cool. I, I could have repurposed my American Pie Two theory with the lighthouse because you do get one at the end of American Pie Two, but I've left that with Silver Linings Playbook. Final question: Would this be better as a Judd Apatow comedy, a Michael Bay action movie, or a South Park spin-off episode? I didn't answer this one. You can't do Michael Bay action because there's... <laughs> no. You can't. South, South Park could probably do quite a good three-part three-parter episode on this and really milk it. 
because they did it with um, they really milked Inception, didn't they? It's a dream within a dream yeah. within a dream. <laughs> uh, they they could definitely do Shutter Island as well. In in the Michael Bay action movie, Teddy doesn't get lobotomized. He goes out by like police suicide, where he goes yeah. out swinging. In yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. You do think on the first watch that's how it's going to end when he picks up the gun, don't you? You do yeah. think that's that I'll, is how it's going to play out. I'll take the South Park spin-off. South Park three-parter would do justice to this film. And what, that, what would they call it though? It would be something like it wouldn't be like South Park Island. It would be I don't know. They, they're funnier than we are. Well, on that note, next week, Booksmart. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Very underrated film, I think, Booksmart. Hey, we'll give it a it go. Un- Get some Alanis Morissette back in your Spotify for the week. Went under the radar, and I'm not sure why. Well, we'll see. So we'll get to that next week. Thank you for tuning in for another edition of Movie Madness. Yep. See you then. Adios. Adios.